Movie Hour, Episode 73, March 5th, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome one and all to the Don Cheadle is Too Cool to Use Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and I am joined by my usual friends, James and Jeff. Welcome back, gentlemen, to the show. Hey, how's it going? Tops, tops. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Jeff, you there? Are you, uh, you, yeah, are you, I'm here. you drunk again? Uh, you're back, you're back into your uh, roll, roll style here? Fine, you just do your thing, I'll do mine. All right. <laughs> Um, I do should uh, start with a, a little warning. Jeff apparently is already drunk, but also I have been sick for the past week. It's been a, a disaster. Something going around, something going around. I've got a nasty cold, so uh, if I'm uh, muting in between speech, that that's my reasoning. Uh, but, yeah, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. I'm back in business. We can fix it in post. That's the intern's job. We'll take care, take care of that. Um, we have interns left, right, Jeff? You didn't beat them all up for uh, for hiding your booze yet? They've been hiding my booze. That's who's been hiding my booze. <laughs> you just thought you drank it all, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, big, big, uh, big news going on. Lots of, lots of stuff. We've got uh, the Oscars this weekend. The big, the big weekend in movies, which uh, I don't think we really plan on discussing today. Oscars are sort of, you know, played out now that there's like 50 people nominated for every category. It's, uh, it's, it's nothing. I'll be watching. I can report back next week. Yeah. Any. Uh, do you have like a party, an Oscar party, one of those things going on? Nobody likes me, so probably not. Oh, that's not true. Jeff will show I, up. I, I like. You. No, I'm going to be in New York visiting <laughs> my lovely girlfriend, Raisa. <laughs> Who, if you can, if they let you through security, you're lush. Yeah. Also, also we have a. Um, and the Oscars, is, is this the first time they've done the, the dual hosting situation? James, you'd probably be the, the No, they've had the multiple expert. hosts in the past. Right. When was, when was the last uh, last year they've done it? Do you have any idea? Uh, I don't. Do a little research. Do but, a little research. I think, uh, I think Mr. Hogan from the Crocodile Dundee days co-hosted. Bullshit. <laughs> did, did E. Martin and um, Billy Crystal host it one time? Probably. Who knows? But now Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin are doing it this year? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Anyways, that uh, that does bring us to a special. We've been. Uh, I was trying to fix this around as much cool news as I could in terms of the Oscars. A special Holly Hunter's Hollywood Hoopla Oscar edition. A uh, couple of big notes. First thing, Sasha Baron Cohen apparently was removed from Oscars presenters list due to a cited creative difference between uh, what he wanted to do and uh, supposedly between uh, that and the producers of the show's uh, ideas. It's rumored that Cohen's skit, which included him dressing up as a Navi and mocking Avatar, would not sit well with director James Cameron. Uh, yeah, I am disappointed. Sasha, you, you're the best and you deserve to be on because you're hilarious. I just like that it's that they're doing this to like prevent hurting James Cameron's feeling. It's not because he has a problem with it. It's because he has such a bad reputation for yeah. having you know, a bad sense of humor that they don't even want to deal with it. <laughs> we cannot affect, uh, we cannot <laughs> offend the Cameron. Please don't offend the Cameron. I, I just picture Cameron running around attacking uh, Cohen and just like 
punching him repeatedly, saying like "I am king of the world" over and over again, just just constantly. I think he said something really stupid at a. Oh man, what's the what's that award show that we said nobody cares about? The Globes. Uh, the Golden yeah, the Globes. Globes. He said something. Oh yeah, he spoke in Navi at the Golden Globes. Nice. Like, apparently, he's on a very what? he's on a great streak of just doing stupid speeches. And uh, yeah, let's hope he spoke in Navi. Yeah, yeah, it's it's serious, man. It's serious. People, it was heartfelt, man. People cried. There were people that cried. It's it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, but unfortunate that apparently the skit also. This kid included uh, Cohen pretty much acting as a pregnant Navi, and it was like James Cameron, Cameron's love child, and he, she was, he was gonna play a Navi being translated by Ben Stiller, and so Stiller's not gonna be doing any funny stuff, anyways. Is Stiller still funny? What else is new? Have oh. we, <laughs> yeah, have we voted on that yet? Is Stiller still funny? <laughs> His bit last year was awesome. Oh man. We- <laughs> We Rita's... made fun of Joaquin. Oh yeah, yeah, it's hilarious <laughs> to make fun of our good friend Joaquin. Yeah, <laughs> and we need to—we actually need to create like a not funny anymore wall or something, and they just can't be. The wall never of be shame. The wall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next, next topic on the Hollywood Hunters: Hollywood Hoopla. The Hurt Locker co-producer Nicholas Chartier is barred from Oscars after sending out mass emails to associates to inspire votes for his movie. Uh, he wrote, and I quote. I just wanted to write you and say I hope you liked Hurt Locker, and if you did and want us to want us to win, please tell me. And there's a name omitted here. Tell uh, tell your friends who vote for the Oscars. Tell actors, directors, crew members, art directors, special effects people. If everyone tells one or two of their friends, we will win, and not a five hundred million dollar film. We need independent movies to win, like the movies you and I do. So if you believe the Hurt Locker is the best movie of 2010, help us. And that's all one sentence. Does that, does that work? <laughs> It works if you want it to, um, but the, everybody knows this is how Roberto Benigni won for uh, beautiful. It's <laughs> a beautiful life, so that might explain uh, Marissa Tomei too. Life is, yeah, that's God no. Well, she had a little bit different method, but that's uh, it's just, it's similar. I don't know. I think what's the problem? He's the producer. Like he's sending out. Email saying, "Hey, vote for us." What's spamming people? <laughs> I got one of those emails. <laughs> I don't know. I just what's so apparently it's against uh, protocol. So uh, yeah, he's not going to be able to make it to. Uh, he's not allowed in apparently. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to side with uh, James Cameron on this one. I think this is just a a case of you know. Poor James mit- Cameron has a side. Yeah, because he was being made fun of as the five hundred million dollar movie, you know, not oh. the independent one. So I'm, I'm thinking this is. I'm going to chalk this up to you know just the the jilted ex lover Catherine Bigelow, director of Hurt Locker, getting her boys to you know put the pressure on because she didn't get enough of the divorce. I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> wow! Now, now that he's got a lot of me. a lot of money, she wants a part of that too. Interesting. What didn't you know, Greg? Hold on. What didn't you know? I said and I didn't know they were married. I didn't know oh, yeah. Married. We talked about it like the last podcast. <laughs> you're not, are you not on this podcast? Do you not listen? Oh, oh man. Clone, clone number two Why? did that one. I'm sick. Yeah. I'm sick. Oh, yeah. You can just use that as an excuse for right. everything. Right, right. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. Let, let, the, man, let the man speak his piece. Come on, James Cameron. Apparently, James. James Cameron's going to have a sign on all these. Uh, next next uh, topic of the Hollywood Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla. Also concerning the Hurt Locker, 
Army Master Sergeant Jeffrey Sarver has filed a million multi-dollar lawsuit against the makers of The Hurt Locker, claiming that screenwriter Mark Bowl borrowed details from Sarver's life to create the movie's main character, Army Staff Sergeant William James. Sounds pretty close to uh, that other guy's name, too. Bonus note for the, the Michiganders, Jeffrey Feiger is representing Yay! the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. It's about Jeffrey time, Feiger Feiger. get back into the spotlight. I don't um, remember what else he did other than representing, uh, what do they call him, Dr. Death? Yeah. Dr. Death. He's coming he's back. Big. He's us. pretty big. Anytime there's been like a controversial lawsuit, he's been on the weird side of it. Um, True. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I kind of want to back that up. The, you know, when they stole my life story and put it into the movie The Last Starfighter, <laughs> I didn't get all pissed off. <laughs> I just I like, was like okay. They found a pretty handsome dude, and that's all I care about. <laughs> Man, I just like I... the timing of all this. It's like, oh wait, you've been nominated for an Oscar. Okay, now we'll sue you. <laughs> Go, <laughs> lawyers, <laughs> get them. Did they not? I thought you uh, filed lawsuit for. Um, I thought they stole your story for leaving off Las Vegas. Didn't you not file a lawsuit for that, or was that a different situation? Oh, Jeff made that wait. movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> you, he produced it himself. Yeah. He wanted to make his life story. This time he killed himself off. Yeah. Anyways, uh, right. I I don't know. I don't really find stand any one or the other. I just like seeing Jeffrey Figer's name and laughing about it and thinking, oh sweet, more million dollar lawsuits being thrown around by Figer. Yeah. He's the best. The I'm best the person that can shame the He's state the of Michigan. Best. You're in good hands, Army Master Sergeant He's Jeffrey Sarver. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that ends our Oscar edition Holly Hunters Hollywood Hoopla. Moving on to our uh, our usual movie reviews. We'll be starting with James Maloney today. James, uh, I believe uh, it is uh, your turn to talk. Great. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> That's great news. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw the movie Rachel Getting Married, uh, 2008. Directed by uh, Jonathan Demme of Silence of the Lambs in Philadelphia fame. Hasn't really done a whole lot since then, but, you know, good job. Um, the movie is about uh, Kim, who's a woman in her mid-20s about, um, and she's being temporarily released um, from drug rehab to attend her sister's wedding for the weekend. Um, Kim's pretty well on her way to recovery, but kind of being thrust back into the, you know, the family life is... Uh, just kind of affecting everyone involved. Um, what happens is uh, the the wedding's being taken place at her dad's place, so she's staying there. The wedding's being, you know, the finishing touches of the wedding's being planned there. Tons of traffic and just personalities start to clash. Painful memories start to resurface. Yelling and crying ensue. But uh, <laughs> you know, nice touching moments kind of sneak in also. Um, because of the the kind of closed setting of you know just everything being at the house, um, it kind of the movie relies pretty heavily on the actors' performances, and I think the two main actors really do deliver in this. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays Kim, who's the the attention craving drug addict. Uh, she also got no Oscar nominated for this role, and I think well deservedly too. Um, she does a great job, kind of bringing some sympathy to kind of a self centered, distraught character. Um, Rosemary DeWitt plays the older sister, Rachel, who's getting married. And uh, she puts in a 
fine performance as well. Um, she's kind of the caring older sister, but on her last shred of patience with the whole situation. And they do a really good job in a lot of their conversations and arguments and stuff. Uh, the movie is definitely not a feel-good movie, but it's not an overly depressing one either. Um, I felt like the whole thing felt pretty real as far as you know, the performance level. Uh, I ended up enjoying it, uh, and I think it's worth the watch. Interesting. It seems like the rest of the cast is relatively nobody. Is that? Oh uh, yeah, Deborah Winger does does play the mom who their her parents are divorced, so she's not at the house the entire time like the rest right. of the, the group. But uh, yeah, other than Deborah Winger, there's no other names in this. And... Deborah Winger's a pretty big star, though. Come on, you got a hand. <laughs> Oscar nominated at least, or maybe even one. Come on, but uh... just like Ken Watanabe. Yeah, but. Uh... The, the dad figure, sometimes I think his performance is a little off, but, uh, yeah, the two girls do really well. Right, right. Jeff's still apparently sour from last week when he got stomped. When he got stomped. By the way, not that we're very superficial here, but Anne Hathaway has, like, the biggest eyeballs ever. Like, have, she's got huge eyeballs. I just want to point that out. I feel like she has normal-sized eyeballs but tiny eyelids. Ooh. Interesting. That could be Interesting. the, the key. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you gave that theory credence. Could be the case. Could be the case. Um, right. So, what uh, what demographic would you recommend this movie to? Go. Males. Um, <laughs> um, anyone looking for a good drama and doesn't need a happy ending at the end. And yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Literally. Oh, that that fits my bill. I sort of like that. That's a cool idea. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. We also. I also caught. A, uh, a new movie this weekend. Uh, 2009, a little more recent, Beat Ya. Beat Ya. Uh, Land of the Lost, uh, the movie. Yeah, now you lose. <laughs> I've got quality. Beat Ya. Beat Ya. Oh, right. Okay, first off, that, that's the reason I watched this movie, because people like you, Jim. Because people like you. Everyone dismissed this movie because nobody went and saw it, first off. and uh, Oh, so you're assuming I haven't seen it, and I'm just passing judgment freely. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that's we what it's... That's that what interested here. me. Definitely. That's what interested me. That and uh, the fact that my parents had it, and I was at their place, and I was like, "Oh, Land of the Lost, why not?" And put it in. I'm before I start the review. I want to say a couple more things. I still like Will Ferrell's humor. Uh, I, a lot of people thought he's gotten dry or just done the same thing over and over again, but I think he's a genuinely funny guy. Um. And watching him in this movie saved it for me. But again, uh, just throwing the general number out there, the, don't go see this movie to begin with. But I'm, now I'm going to follow up with the, the actual the actual thing. Uh, Land of Lost, the movie, obviously being based on uh, the genius TV show. Uh, Will Ferrell playing Dr. Rick Marshall. You also have Danny McBride, who was actually pretty good in this movie. He hasn't been in, in many, other, many other things. He plays character Will Stanton, which is like the... He plays like the hillbilly guy, um, but he was an up in the air, James, James, and, uh, ugh, sorry, and also an Observer Report, Tropic Thunder, a lot of other, co- other comedies, um, and also the love interest slash doctor peer is Holly Cantrell, uh, the character, and uh, played by Anna Friel. How did she which, do, by the way? She wasn't that bad. She's uh, What TV show does she do again? She was on Pushing Daisies before it got oh, canceled, which I, I really liked. Um, Yeah. Not bad. Um, I just remember I watched it with uh, my brother-in-law, Dave, and he had mentioned also that she was in a TV show. And 
she played, she has an English accent in this, and I was trying to, we were debating the whole time if she was actually English or not. Turns out she actually is. So, Davey, when you listen to this, uh, I think you win because I said she was phoning it in. Anyhow, uh, the movie itself, plot being Will Ferrell is a dismissed doc, doctor of some physics or something, and set, creates a machine that would allow them to travel into different space and time controlling tachyons. Oh my god, shut the hell up! So anyways, uh... <laughs> right. Um, they go back in time, they run into lizard people, and it's just those three characters, and uh, they run it. They run into the pretty much the funniest part, which I'm going to explain now, is they run into a monkey there, pretty much a ape, Cronin Magnet man, whatever, that ends up following him around, and Will Ferrell the whole time talks as if the ape is like it's he's his master. So Will Ferrell is the ape's master. Sorry, and the dialogue that he throws out throughout the movie concerning that is the is the funniest part of it. Other than that, Daniel McBride's sort of funny. The girls are right, and it's just your normal. If you're a Will Ferrell fan, you'll like it, and if you're not, you'll probably hate it. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Special effects are a wash, and yeah, that, that's all I have to say about it. This don't movie is it. not for you, Jeff. Yeah, this movie's not for Jeff. Um, don't see it unless you're a Will Ferrell fan, obviously. And yeah, if you have kids, they'll they'll probably love it. And that's probably people that should see it. The kids, like Jeff. Jeff's got a child, like mind of a child. Already have a mind child, child mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I have a mind child child mind. Billy had to use his mind brain. The danger aliens are on patrol patrol. Yeah, anyhow, uh, Jeff, Jeff, how about uh, we move on to your movie review? Uh, I saw some movies. Um, so I uh, the first one, just real quick, we've already talked about it. I, I, I caught the, uh, the Star Trek movie, the new one, um, which I actually um, – Two things. Number one, I kind of had like a little silent thing with myself that I wouldn't be surprised if I never saw this movie, and I don't think my life would have been any worse. Turns out I was right about that. Um, secondly, this is the first Star Trek movie I've ever seen, um, ever, any of them. That is so, surprising. That is very surprising. And I was surprised <laughs> when I saw it with you. I was like, holy shit. Anyways. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I overall, yeah, the action was kind of cool, I guess. I, you know, whatever. Um, Zoe Saldana is kind of cool, I guess. Shorter skirt would be okay. Um, it wasn't short enough in the movie. Uh, I, I can really see the point in having in the future um, short skirt uniforms for the hot green chicks and stuff. Anyway. Um, Don't see the point in that? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. ahead. No, I said I can see the point. Oh, okay. Obviously. Um, You know, I I don't mean to be, like, a dick about it, but Zachary Quinto, who played Spock, kind of ruined it for me. I really hate that guy. Really? Everybody thought he was the the saving grace of it all. No, no, Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) (laughs) Leonard Nimoy was the saving grace. So... You haven't seen a Star Trek ever. Were you aware that it was a TV show? Also, I, no, I'm 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 fully aware of the. I mean, just because I haven't seen one doesn't mean I don't understand that it happened. It's, right, yeah, right. I'm fully so, aware of the Star Trek situation. So, so 
Zachary Quinto wasn't playing the Spock you had always imagined. No, I just, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that's how Spock used to be. I just hated his face. <laughs> all right, all right. So all right, go on, go on. Um, you know, like I said, overall, not bad, not a horrible movie. Um, but I have to say that there, there were enough things. Having never seen Star Trek anything, there were enough pieces of tripe in this. Like I'm giving it all I got, Captain, and stuff like that. That I even knew. That if I were a fan of this, I'd be insulted. I think, but maybe that's what I don't know. Maybe that's what people want is the 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 um, the winks and the nods to their older. Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't terribly impressed with it. At any rate, um, we all got together and watched a movie uh, th- this week too, which is something we we've only done I think once before, twice before. Yeah, not very many times. Yeah, I'm not never going to do it again either. Go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of been kind of hasn't worked out too hot for us so far. Um, we we all got together and saw Shutter Island, and I'll admit that once again this was at my behest. Um, <laughs> it was uh, I don't know how, how big do we want the spoiler alert to come in this time? Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't describe the ending. Well, I think just saying that. Fine. Okay. Spoiler alert. Don't listen if you want to see the movie. Uh, the three of us all, I think within the first 20 minutes of the movie, figured out that there was going to be a twist ending, or what the twist ending was going to be, that there was going to be one, and what it was going to be. And that was very frustrating. We kind of had a nice discussion afterwards about how it sort of ruins a movie when you know that a twist ending is coming. It's like you already know the movie, and now you're just kind of waiting at the end for the movie to catch up with you. Yeah. And... Uh, that was the feeling that I got from this movie. There were definitely some things that I appreciated about it. I thought Leonardo DiCaprio, as he usually does, did a very nice job. Um, I thought that, actually, for some reason, I, I noticed on a couple of occasions that the sound was done pretty well. Like, in the, there were a lot of storm scenes and stuff, and I thought that uh, the sound was very immersive. Maybe it's just because I don't go and see movies that often, and I'm not used to the theater sound. But yeah, right. some parts I, I thought it was a little too overbearing. But Greg brought up. A- Good point. After we saw it, that uh, it accentuated the use of the silence even more. So, that right, might be the reason. But the the sound of the beginning was kind of silly. The yeah, music, the, the music yeah, was ridiculous the music, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, no, I agree. But this, is, like, I just mean like the sound was yeah. like it was the mixing was good. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack itself it reminded me a lot of The Shining, where it's just it's like weird, either piano or just hard like brass sometimes or like I, tri- it was sort of tribal the shining was I, I, that wasn't in this but it's really overbearing on some scenes and the shining pulled it off a little bit better i still liked it in this but the nice thing about it like james just said when it was quiet or when it was just you know one person talking or when they were just like whispering between two people it everything else sounded great because of it i think and i, I don't think it was that bad but in the very beginning they're right. It was very off-putting. And uh, the one other thing I want to mention about this movie, it's uh, pretty much the story is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, his partner, played by Mark Ruffalo, who's awesome. I, I, I still think he's a good – I think he's the best. Jim doesn't like him, but – I like uh, Mark It's not that well. I don't like him. I'm just not a big fan. I'm very indifferent right. about him. Right. And you also have uh, big roles played by Ben Kinsley and Max von Sydow. Kingsley was sweet in that. Max von Sydow played Max von Sydow. So yeah, that yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, wasn't bad, but um, it's pretty much their story going into this place, going into uh, a like a penitentiary slash mental hospital for the criminally insane, whatever. 
Uh, and what's weird about it is during all these twists, like we were talking about before, it just seems like while they're running around and trying to Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, and you have these flashbacks, and they even do some weird edits in there to make you feel that, you know, like you're also a little lost. And while they do that, you just start losing all care for everything going on in the movie. Like, every character, it's just like, okay, whatever. It's, I feel like I'm watching a movie. I don't feel like I'm in, I'm immersed in the thing or I'm on Shutter Island, you know? It's just... I think it just removed you from the from the show, and I, I didn't like that. I Which know. doesn't bode well for a movie trying to pull off what it was trying to pull off. Right, exactly, exactly. So I don't know what happened with uh, Big Boy, Big Boy director Martin, but yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed with that too. I don't know, man. And plus, they they threw so much extraneous information at you that I mean, you have no choice but to figure out what was going on. In my opinion, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I, I there was especially the. The part, and I'm kind of talking to you guys, not the listeners, but the part where it's the storm and they're inside the mausoleum, and like, uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio's like giving his whole theory, and Mark Ruffalo just goes off. He's like, "Well, then they're all in on it." Like everybody, like, okay, you know what? At this point, I was pretty much over the edge, and now I'm pretty much I'm entirely there. Like, oh man, oh yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Jackie Earl Haley and Patricia Clarkson who were in it. Good Yay. work. Yeah, Patricia Clarkson. Woo! I, mean, I, am, uh, I am glad that they did show a little bit of the the aftermath after the the ending, I guess. Right. the The very end was sort kind of interesting. interesting. Sort of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the very very end. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and I was going to can say, can we be more thing. cryptic? Can we... Right. Right. <laughs> well, the very very end. Yes. <laughs> the very end. Yeah, no. No. The very very end. Right. So, <laughs> which end are you talking about? So, suspense thriller seekers, would you would you recommend it to those people, or is it just it's not even worth it? If, if they've yeah. listened through this review, we've already kind of ruined it for them. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't re- recommend this to anybody. No. Anyways, I had to pay ten dollars to see it, and I feel pretty bad about it. I had to so. use my birthday gift certificates for it. Oh man, you should have demanded a refund of birthday oh, gift certificates. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Cost me ten real American dollars. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. So that'll do it for movie reviews. I hope uh, it helps you guys make decisions in the future. Land of the Lost. Go see it. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, we need to move on to our special topic of the day. We've decided for the month of March. This was a group decision we all got together made a took a vote uh, majority majority vote cuz uh, we had one uh, descender he who will not be named and uh, we decided to make a special special uh, event for the week of or week of March wow uh, the month of March it being uh, we're sort of uh, college basketball fans in a way and we wanted to t- discuss our own little March madness and we have turned this month into March madness movie matchup month yeah be careful with that. It's it's sharp. Um, and we're going to be putting this week and the next three weeks, we're going to be putting together our own little bracket, or brackets, actually. And we're going to be doing specific movies or movie elements, and we're going to pit them against each other and come out with a winner every show. So, for instance, this topic for this bracket that we're going to discuss today was unintentional movie comedies so movies that will not meant to be put in the comic sec- comedy section or were not supposed to be super funny ended up being hilarious to us 
And we know that this is my, this is like my forte. This is my zone. This is my bracket. Um, and you haven't so. seen the best one, so that's that's kind of <laughs> right, amazing. Right, right. That's true. That's true. What we'll see what how it comes out. So we sort of uh, shrunk our bracket a little bit. We only picked eight movies, and this was decided between Jeff, myself, and James prior to the show. What eight movies we're going to make it? Uh, yeah. If you don't like the eight movies, we'd love to hear what you would love, what you would like to have seen on the bracket. Uh, you can post them up at gungapit.com, and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, we have eight movies, and we are going to pick a champion for each movie. They will di- they will discuss it, um, pretty much debate on its behalf, and then we'll have one arbitrator decide who the victor is. Um, and yeah, so I guess to start, we'll I'll state the movies and their seeds. We picked, we already sort of design, uh, uh, designed, uh, assigned seeds. And uh, seed number one for the unintentional movie comedies is Wicker Man. Seed two, Commando. Seed three, Congo. Seed four, Superman two. Seed five, Running Man. Seed six, Batman and Robin. Seed seven is Rambo, First Blood. And scene eight is The Room. Now, I, I noticed, and I mean, maybe it's just a coincidence. Um, I noticed that the three that I picked were the bottom three seeds. I, huh? Huh? I'm pretty sure yeah, the judges that, yeah. took that into consideration. <laughs> I just want to point out, Jeff. Well, we'll that, see who wins. This, I was Maybe say, it's because we all fear your your, your debating ability. How's right, that? Right. Now, Jeff, the seating will not in, uh, like have any effect on your uh, your impartiality for the judging, right? Right. Well, I hate both of you equally, so no. I... <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Um, right. So let's get on. Let's get on with it. Match number one. We have. Our four and five, four and five seeds. Uh, we're going to start with that. We're going to have. It looks like we have Superman two, which is the fourth seed, going to be <laughs> represented by Jim, and we have thank seed you, five. It's a seed five, yeah, whatever. Uh, the fifth seed represented, which is Running Man, represented by myself, Greg. Now, <laughs> Jeff will be arbitrator. <laughs> will be arbitrator. Um, An arbitrate, I will. <laughs> Jeff, a six pack's in it for you if you pick me. Hey, come on. Come on. <laughs> right. Craig, all you have to do so, is offer 12. Since I am the lower seed, I will go first. And uh, as for any debate, you know, I'll, I'll go first. I, I, I am now bowing. I'm bowing because we're, we're going to duel, James. We're going to duel now. statements. How many beers are you going to buy me? Right, right. Exactly. So, Running Man. Here's a movie that. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, first off, based on a Stephen King novel, point, big time. Uh, this 1987 futuristic outlook, by the way, the future is 2019, so in nine years, this is what the world's going to be like. We have people watching a TV show that includes human being contestants running for their lives, fighting against like pretty much gladiatorial events. Um, and seeing who can get the farthest down the line without dying. Now, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the star of Ben Richards, but the real star in the whole thing, we have Jesse Ventura playing Captain Freedom 
of all people. And uh, the girl. And time. Okay, Jim. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Uh, Okay, so. so, uh, Announcer of the TV show is Richard Dawson himself. Which I don't even know how they got him to sign on to this. It's it's he had nothing better to do. <laughs> Anyways, the movie, which is supposed to be dramatic events unfolding, Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting for his life with his a couple teammates, um, not even worth mentioning. Anyways, but as he goes through, there are <laughs> the costumes are ridiculous. First off, they're like Star Trek went crazy and neon uh, oh lights. The Arena, the arena includes ice hockey rink, um, like junkyard street fight alleyway, and I think there's also like a uh, wrestling spiked wrestling arena, like slash boxing ring. Um, and on top of that, Arnold Schwarzenegger's great dry uh, humor, which uh, humor in quotes since he's just trying to act the whole time. And included with the corny special effects that when you watch them now, it just ends up being hilarious. This movie is a nonstop thrill ride of laughter. Wow, good, good, uh, thorough uh, answer, Greg. Now, Jim, if you can do it in less time, I think you've got my vote. <laughs> well, I'm representing uh, 1981's Superman 2, and. This is the return performance of you know our great hero Superman, but he's got to fight three people with identical powers. And how do they decide to show us that? Um, one of them's good, one of them's a chick, and then the other one's this kind of oafish guy who's supposed to be giving humor, but it's so bad that it's funny in itself because it's so bad. He's trying to like fry snakes with his eye beams and stuff, and it just doesn't work. Hilarity, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> Also, yeah, that guy's pretty stupid. What's his name again? <laughs> I don't even know. It's not worth oh, knowing his name. Bill. His name I think is Nod. I think it was Nod. <laughs> no, that was or General Zod was the first guy. Well, General I, Zod, but I'm pretty sure his name was Nod. But anyway, um, plus you have this awesome showdown between the three v one battle in the streets of New York, or sorry, Metropolis, and there's some great scenes like the three of them all blowing wind down the street and. Everything and their brother is rolling down the street, you know, like a, a phone booth with a guy in it, a little, you know, baby buggy and stuff, and just the stupidest things ever are going down the street and rolling down like trash. But the best part is, by far, when they're all fighting, Superman gets supposedly beaten down, and it's uncertain whether or not he survived. The citizens decide to rise up. And the one guy yells out, come on, let's take him. And the other guy says, yeah, I think I know some kung fu. And then they start to charge in, and that's what brings this whole windstorm to pass. Oh, I'm and wait. Sure it's judo, by the way. I'm pretty sure it's judo. That could be. Ahead. That could be. Continue your whatever. And then if that is not enough, you have the line, I don't think I've ever seen garbage eat garbage before, which is just <laughs> beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that line itself was pretty good. I'll give you that. Other than that, though, like the action in that movie is just so slow, and there's no puns going on, and it's just General yeah, Zod staring at people. That the sucks. Uh, yeah, you know, rebuttal. You know, the Arnie factor is pretty nice, but uh, I think a lot of that is you know att- attempts at, at humor, and I and I think you know some of it. 
actually strikes true. So I don't know that uh, you have as much of a leg of the sand on as you think. So you think it was actually meant to be a, a, a comedic I, I think some of those. Ventura put his hands I, I, around. I, all right. All right. I just opened the beer. That means it's time for me to decide. Going to – Jim, as much as I'd like to side with you on this, I'm going to have to spurn Superman and, and go with Arnie. It, it was the Arnie factor, wasn't it? It was the Arnie factor. Damn There's it. no way you were winning this one, especially when you didn't know what the dumb guy was named. <laughs> uh, although, I don't see what what, what it ha- being based on a Stephen King novel has anything to do with it being bad, uh, Greg. So I actually gave you minus one point for that. Well, so. yeah. um, for but, the record, yeah, it was so non, N-O-N. Oh, nah, nah, okay, well, whatever. At least I took a guess. All right, uh, running, <laughs> running Man continue. Running Man goes on. So, no man. offense, Jim, no offense. It's just you, you you, got stuck in a losing battle that time. I think you knew it. You, you yeah, put up yeah, I had a feeling. I was worried about the irony factor. The four or five seeds, they're always like, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Those, those are never never uh, presented right. Uh, but we do have to move on, like Jeff was mentioning. The time is an issue. We might have to cut these a little a little shorter than the last one. It will be easy anyways. Easy yeah. choice for Jim. Uh, this matchup is seeds three versus six. We have the movie Congo, represented by Greg, and Batman and Robin, seed six, represented by Jeff. Uh, Jeff is the lower seed, so Jeff, I guess uh, you'll start, and Jim will be arbitrating. Um, I feel like I can get this done really, really quickly, actually. <laughs> uh You've you've got you've got a movie with what really by all standards is an all star cast. You've got George Clooney, you've got Uma Thurman, uh, Alicia Silverstone, pretty much in her prime kind of still. Uh, you've you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and of course Chris O'Donnell. Um, am I missing anyone? No, because everyone's in this. Uh, so, so you've got you've got an all star cast, and you've got Arnie at his best. I mean, the puns are just myriad. You've got uh, everybody chill, and you've got I'm putting you on ice, and you've got the Iceman Cometh, and you've got Stay Cool, Bird Boy, and all. I mean, just unbelievable, just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Plus, George Clooney playing Batman. That's Great, and it, it, I mean, I think what makes this even better is the uh, the, the the failed the, the failed dream that it represents of like the original Batman, uh, like with Michael Keaton, well, not the original original, but with Michael Keaton and Tim Burton, and how great that movie was, and and just the the absolute the uh, the the festering, disgusting, failed, rotted carcass of that uh, of that dream. So I feel like that adds extra laughs. All right, I'm gonna just pretty much apply. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna debate this just for Jim's benefit. We've got James Congo. You've seen that movie, right? How fantastic! I have not. We've got. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you better so, do a good job of convincing me. I'll explain it for you. With that. Laura Linney, first off, your girl herself in the flesh, Laura Linney playing Dr. Karen Ross. It is pretty much her, some no-name guy returning an ape that can talk, a gorilla. That can talk. Oh, well, sign language. Okay. Sign language, which okay. gives her Thank you. Thank speech you. through an awesome series of mecha- like electronic gloves that allow her to speak. Um, all the, Every word she says is hilarious. And it's her, these Laura Linney, these other just pretty much hodgepodge group of people, and Tim Curry himself. And playing, time. <laughs> playing, playing, 
that will never get old. Yeah, I'll, I'll speed it up. Uh, playing some Ukrainian guy that's investing in returning the, the girl to the Congo and himself actually showing up. We have Ernie Hudson, uh, Ghostbusters. Anyone? Anyone seen that? Winston from Ghostbusters uh, sh- shows up to lead these guys through the Congo with laser beams and. On top of that, Bruce Campbell plays a guy that gets killed in the beginning. So do the apes have the laser beams? <laughs> I feel like that that is a clincher, isn't it? <laughs> the gorillas Who's wielding not, the laser beams? The gorillas do not have the laser beams. Laura Lynch has it. Thank you for being honest. Your girl. Being honest. Because <laughs> you could have stolen it right there. <laughs> Unfortunately... Maybe the gorilla never wields the, the the laser beam either, which would have been the the ultimate. Honestly, you're going to tell me that Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up in, in a costume <laughs> as Mister Doctor Freeze? I think he did get his degree, Doctor Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're gonna to tell me that that doesn't win? Oh man, this is tough. But um, I don't know that I can pass up laser beams. I, I think I might have to Look go to Congo in the this. eye and think about. The- <laughs> Frost gun. Think about said, Frost said Congo gun. One. Put it in the past. <laughs> fine. Yeah. You know what? That's that's fine. That's that's great. <laughs> I, I think the real deciding factor was uh, their, their Batman or Robin's attempt to you know use hu- humor and failing as opposed to Congo being a serious movie and failing. So we have Congo with seed <laughs> moving on in the tournament. Moving on to our next matchup, we have Commando seed two and Rambo seed seven. <laughs> And it is Jim representing Commando with Jeff representing Rambo, which gives me my first shot at being the arbitrator. So I uh, guess being again in the bottom seed, do I get to go first again? Yeah, yes. yeah, over and over again. All right. Um, well, uh, Exhibit A. Sly Stallone right now. Uh, ruptured spine, I think, uh, because because uh, uh, a retired wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, back check, it was actually his neck, but continue, continue. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay, so his neck. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Your, your spine kind of touches your neck at some point, doesn't it? Uh, isn't, anyway, uh, I'm not going to get semantic on you, but okay. So, so so apparently his neck, not his spine, uh, it, it has, has, a, has a major problem because a retired wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, body slammed him off off camera uh, in, in some, uh, some awful movie that they're coming out with. Um, versus Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I think is doing just fine right now, uh, just just dandy. Um, so I mean, you've immediately got the laugh factor of uh, of of a slide just being a failed human being. But um, if you want to, if you if you need to go more than that, we we've got the the line. I mean, the name of the movie is First Blood, and it it derives from uh, John Rambo telling his his commander, "They drew first blood, Sarge." They drew, and, you know, forgive my uh, my impressions. I feel like that might have cost me the last. Yeah, round. <laughs> they they drew first blood, Sarge. So. That's, I mean, that's hilarious. And also, a young Dave Caruso is in it, um, which you know a lot of people forget. But uh, he plays, he plays uh, Deputy Mitch is the name of his character. Uh, plays alongside such great uh, other characters, just Deputy Lester and Orville the Dog Man. So you know, make your decision. Well, you know, I'm not gonna talk about you know the status of actors today because these movies are you know 
back in the eighties. So I'm just gonna stick with you know the pure facts here for Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger. His kid gets captured. He has to go rescue her, and along the way, he does the most ridiculous stuff ever. Like for instance, he meets this girl who unwillingly helps him through all this trials and tribulations and she has the worst lines of all time like today's just not my day or oh that was my car you tore apart stuff like that it's horrible he also can smell his assailants coming according to him he also slides down balloon like streamers in the middle of like the mall of america or something who knows i've done that (laughs) but none of that really (laughs) compares to the villain of this film who is bennett a pot-bellied, chainmail, wife-beating-wearing, knife-wielding villain with an English accent. Just horrible. Oh, did I mention the pseudo-porn mustache? That's good, too. And I don't think anything can stand up to Bennett. He is, you know could what? be the oh, most laughable know. villain of all rebuttal, time. Rebuttal. Brian Dennehy is the villain <laughs> in Rambo in First Blood. So. Yeah. He's got a great point, James. Does, does he wear a chainmail wife-beater? No, he's a cop. <laughs> See? <hilarious>. See? <laughs> mm. Interesting, interesting. Now, the guy with the chainmail white... I've seen Commando, and I remember the wife beater thing, but he actually ends up just fighting Schwarzenegger hand-to-hand, which Rambo does much more with his hands than Arnie. It's just fish yeah. punching and stuff. And I mean, he with, uh, on an entire town and the National Guard. Um, so yeah, that uh, sounds a lot more serious to me. So maybe it is more humorous that you know hmm. Arnie is using just hand to hand. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> did you not make your decision last time based on the fact that they were trying to be funny <laughs> in Batman and Robin? That case is over. That case is over. Oh, okay. okay yeah. No, no precedent thought, is set. No, I, I really thought that we were building this on case uh, on, on precedent. Yeah. No, apparently, apparently this is uh, this is the British court system where, where it's top nine. That's fine. All right, all right. Ray Don Kong. I've made my decision. I've made my decision. No more, no more discussing. Now, Commando Two, in all respects, should win. But I'm giving it to Rambo. Congratulations, Jeff. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good uh, job good about that one. The, the next one I care about, Look, though. Russo and Dennehy comments did, did add some points, but <laughs> yeah, I just lost I, all faith I'm, in the system. I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to Jeff. I'm giving it to Jeff. Uh, which gives us, that's the seventh seed being out the, t- the second seed. Uh, Rambo First of all, up. the number one and two seed, or the number one and eight seed, should be the number one and two seeds. I, I, this is this is going to be a hard fought battle right Bullshit. here. Bullshit. The problem, no, the problem is that the room, the the room, the movie I'm going to be representing here, the it, it it just it's in a it's in a conference that most people have never heard of, and they've got <laughs> they've got some all stars. Just it, and you got to do a, you got to do a play in game just to get here to get yeah, to un, undefeated though undefeated in that conference won every game by sixty five points or more right but just so, you know yeah the the fourth matchup we have Wickerman seed one versus the room. Seat eight. Wicker Man represented by Greg. The room represented by Jeff. Jeff again for the third third time in a row has to represent his team first. So, good luck. You know, um, Jim's arbitrating. Obviously, where to start? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start, I guess, uh, with a quote from Matt Singer, um, writer on uh, I, I for the Independent Film Channel. Uh, Matt Singer. Uh, Matt Singer says. The man is Tommy Wiseau. 
His film is called The Room, which Wiseau wrote, directed, starred in, produced, and executive produced. Uh, he received... Uh, screen, uh, he received screen credit for both executive producing and producing titles, which is why I specify. Uh, no one knows where he, I'm sorry, no one knows where he or his accent comes from. Wiseau gives interviews, but is notoriously stingy with details about his personal life. Like the Coneheads, he claims a vague past in France. Like the Coneheads, his accent is most certainly not French. <laughs> When Wiseau speaks in the room, he sounds like Borat trying to do an impression of Christopher Walken playing a mental patient. <laughs> um, Matt Singer goes on in this article. It's a wonderful article, uh, by the way, to, to call this the Citizen Kane of campy films. Uh, anybody who's seen the clips that I posted on Gunga Pit from YouTube of this movie know that it, it's just absolutely hilarious. And I think the best thing about this uh, in in general, and I and I could go through and give quotes, but I get, I'm the only one that that has really seen the movie, so it, it would kind of be lost. Um, the best thing about this is this man made this movie with the utmost passion in his heart to to get his point across. I mean, he really tried. He wasn't trying to make anything funny at all. He was trying to make a very serious serious movie, and everything about the movie falls a thousand yards short. And it's so funny for that reason. Um, there are little little subplots that start up and fizzle into nothing within minutes, and it it's just absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> I cannot wait. I actually it's it's showing up at my house tomorrow from Netflix. I can't wait to see it again. Um, and if if this movie gets struck down uh, in, in this competition, I, I I'm I'm excited to show it to Greg and Jim so that they can realize their their ways. Go ahead, Greg. Good show, Jeff. Good show. Nice performance. Um, yeah, this came from the heart. The room. Yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of uh, theatrical release did the room have? Uh, very, 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 very small. Uh, Six million dollars, though, spent on um, on production and uh, and marketing for this. Uh, it got released in uh, L.A. to extremely bad reviews, but has had a cult following ever since. Um, where uh, one, where it's been monthly shown at uh, some theater in L.A. shown monthly. And right, it has, right, and right, 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 right. Extremely large so, cult following. <laughs> so let's talk about the first seed. The head honcho in this whole tournament that's actually people have heard of. Resting called, on its Lord. It's called The Wicker Man. That's been, it's a remake, 2006. Remake's uh, already enough comedy right there. Nicolas Cage uh, stars in it. Now, for everybody that's actually heard of The Room, um, yeah, this movie I think you've heard of at least five times more than that, and it is hilarious. You have a pretty much the story being Nick Cage trying to investigate the disappearance of a girl that apparently is linked to this underground community that wants, that worships pretty much a god that if they do not start set making sacrifices, they will not have their bees back. And Nicolas Cage yells, not the bees, over and over again. And it is um, the utmost, just Nicolas Cage at his best, yelling nonsense the whole time and punching women. He punches girls in this. I don't think there's any punching in, of girls in the room, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there, sure. There's one better. Let me. Uh, I'll ask the five people that have seen it uh, later. Yeah. But oh, that's fine. You know, I, I can, actually speaking speaking of which, it, it, can I can I ask you a question, Greg? How long ago uh, was it that you saw Wicker Man? 
Oh, I saw it in theaters, 2006. Ah, uh, that's a lie. That's that's a bold-faced <laughs> lie, and I can go back to the tape we talked about earlier. You have never seen Wicker Man, and neither have I, and neither is Jim. I, on the other hand, have seen The Room. I know the power of The Room. Right, right, right. And no one else knows it. All right. Well, I, I think there are plenty of people. That's how it becomes a cult classic. Right, right. whatever. Well, I, I, I'm I've, saying that you've never seen it. I've come to my decision, and... Yes, it's true. I've, I haven't seen either of these movies, so on that level, we're very even. And I've seen all the clips from Wicker Man. You know, the and it's hilarious with all the, uh, you know, not the bees, not the bees, and stuff. And I haven't seen any of the clips from the room, even the one that Jeff posted. I've only seen like part of one. But given the cult following, and mostly because I know Paul Rudd thinks it's hilarious, I have to side with the Wicker Man. What? Or not Wicker Man? Sorry, the room. Not Wicker Man, the room after that. Yes. And where is Paul Rudd here? Is he on the show? Like Uh, no, but I've read an article where he thinks it's hilarious, and he has shown viewings at his house for it. All right, moving on in the tournament, Paul Rudd. I'll write in here. Yes, yes. All right, (sighs) Paul Rudd presents the room. That's for the first time in March Madness movie matchup month. Got there. It's uh, it's it's an eight iron. uh, Yeah, Cinderella story. Cinderella story. As much as I wanted to advance in the cage, I I just couldn't do it. Oh, that's great. He probably would have won any other matchup I judged. All right. Okay. Okay, so now we're gonna be moving on to the to the later rounds. These will be a lot quicker since we told you you shouldn't have seated the room at eight. It was an upset waiting to happen. Oh man! So what's interesting is we now have matchups: the fifth and third seed, the seventh and eighth seed going going against each other. Am I doing that right? I think I'm doing my bracket right. No, uh, I don't think at all. Right, right. Yeah, no, that is right. I'm sorry. so we have running man seed five and Congo seed three going head to head. And they're both represented by myself in the in the first round, but we I'd already foreseen this problem coming up, and we are going I'm going to assign whoever I want to be my opponent to represent uh, the lower seed. Now let's see, Jeff will be doing some more, pretty much some more uh, chirping in his in his round. So James, I'll give you the opposition. Uh, you will be playing you'll be playing the role of running man, and I will be doing Congo. So if you have a, a couple comments, since you didn't do um, do uh, Running Man before, you might have some extra insights that uh, I did not bring up in the first round. This is true. Um, would you like to uh, say a little something first? or you're... No, no, you're the lower seed, so you can go first. And uh, yeah, just, just keep it sort of quick. Very good. Um, yeah, the one, a couple things that uh, J- um, Greg didn't mention that I'd like to mention on behalf of Running Man was a Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown is in it as Fireball, and that is awesome. <laughs> Probably the greatest running back, except for maybe Walter Payton, you know, bias and all that. But anyway, pretty much the, the greatest running back of all time in this movie, and yet it's up for this award. So I think that right there is, you know, a great, great asset. Plus, Arnie, one of the greatest lines ever is when he threw away his Hawaiian shirt because they were going to sneak away on this fake Hawaiian holiday. And the chick says to him that, you know, they should have did it. And Arnie turns to her and says, I had the shirt, but you fucked it up. I mean, that is a great line. Just awesome line. Um, I'll just paint a picture for you, Jeff. Oh, and Sven Olforsen is LaFors from Mallrats, so that's cool too. <laughs> I'm going to paint a picture for you, Jeff, before you, before you vote. Um 
you're deep in the jungle and you find yourself pretty much walking into an opening where it's you know there's cavern floors and there's small caves in the outside you've been rushing from a group of gorillas that have been chasing you violently and it's just you two other people left and your small gorilla talking companion and you have a futuristic diamond powered laser gun oh my god and gorillas are jumping out from these caverns attacking you and you are slicing them in half with your giant laser beam and at the very end there's lava pouring out spewing out of the caverns and you're running through and you take that same laser beam and shoot a satellite down from space with it and it's so funny you gotta see it did I mention Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil's Apple did I mention that part (laughs) (laughs) oh man I feel like these are two totally different arguments that I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Greg's picture did. Uh, Greg's picture made me very, very happy. Um, Come here, Christmas tree. I gotta, I gotta go with Congo. I gotta go against my heart with Congo. <laughs> oh, Congo moves on. The third seed proceeds to the finals. Nice, nice, nice. Um, running man gets sat behind. So Congo. Waiting in the finals as the third seed is going to be pit up against either Rambo, the seventh seed, or the Room is the eighth seed. Both were represented by Jeff in the first round. So Jeff, you can decide who gets to pick. Now, Jeff, I had I had set up where you would have to pick who argues for the eighth seed, but since uh, you're the only one that's seen it and know anything about it, how about you represent the eighth seed and you pick somebody else for the seventh? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Greg, go ahead. I, I already like Jim's opinion on the uh, on the room. Uh, actually, oh, no, you know what? we're gonna flip it around. We're gonna flip it around. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to come around, Jim. You, you have to argue for Rambo. I get to argue for the room. Okay, well, you're low seed, so as per usual. Let's. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so. One of the main characters in this movie, The Room, which is, uh, I'll give you a quick rundown of the plot. Uh, Tommy Wiseau playing uh, Johnny, who's the main character, um, it's, it, it has a relationship with this girl, Lisa. Uh, the other, the other main, the other two main characters, I guess uh, you could say, are Mark, Johnny's friend, best friend, and uh, Denny. Johnny's sort of like weird adopted, like little brother slash son thing. And um, there's a major debate about whether Denny, the uh, adopted slash, uh, you know, whatever he is, has a mental disability or not. Because the script is so bad as to make it unclear, like, is the script just that bad or can this person not think? Like, and and uh, I'll give you, give you a good example of this. Um so at, at three minutes and fifteen seconds into the movie, um, Johnny comes home, gives uh, Lisa a, uh, a a sexy new dress, a red dress. Um, they 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 commence foreplay, and um, Denny comes into the room, <laughs> or comes into the, their apartment, and uh, jumps onto their bed, uh, like in, in, in with like extreme enthusiasm, and and announces, "I just like to watch you guys." Um, so, right, fine, but, uh, you know, like, which is really weird, but, uh, instead of what you would, 
you know, normally think of happening in that situation. Like, hey, not cool. Get the hell out of my room. <laughs> then he's got to be like 20, by the way. Um, I don't know if that's that, that was made clear or not. But uh, um, Johnny and Lisa uh, laugh and uh, involve Denny in sort of like a little pillow fight thing. Uh, and that's... <laughs> That's not really even that creepy compared to a lot of things that happen in this. But it, and uh, all right, wrap it up, yeah. wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay, very good. Yeah. So, long story short, it's a very bizarre movie. Well, two things that I want to mention about First Blood, the actual title of the movie, um, is a the director whose previous credits are Red Shoe Diaries and Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I said <laughs> I'd also like to point out that Sly Stallone himself is being overlooked because he actually helped write this movie. And you can't argue with just that Badgering the Witness. That crooked <laughs> talking out of the corner of your mouth presentation of every single line that he has. So I think with those two items there, that should put me in heavy contention for this award. Man, this is tough. This is really tough. You've got the underdog that's made it past the first round, beating a number one seed, Wicker Man, which is no easy feat. Uh, hello, I'm on, seed seven. That's not much farther off. On the other hand, you're right. You're right. You beat the number two, Commando, which was it's no slouch in and of itself. Uh, he um, was actually talking about first, first blood, blood. First blood. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying you beat the second seed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a well, negative point for you, Jeff. I, I, well, Sorry. hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to. I beat the, the second seed, command. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Plus one. Right. These are both Jeff's babies, and. I must admit, The Room sounds like a great movie. I'm going to watch it. But Rambo takes Uh-oh. it. Rambo takes it. Rambo takes it. You're going to eat your it. words, sir. You are going to eat <laughs> your words. And this gives Jim – the Jim, this is not – this is also unprecedented. Jim being the adopted father of uh, Rambo, since Jeff represented in the first round, will be moving on with it in the final round against Headhunter Congo, seed number three, and Jeff – Arbitrating as uh, for the final. So Jeff gets the last call, which is what Jeff wants, I'm sure. Uh, so, James? No, no, I actually have to go first again, don't I? No. Oh, wait, no. So Jim, Jim yeah. gets it even though it's mine because yeah. Jim yeah. caught it, it, took it and carried it. Okay, very good, very good. So, Rambo wins. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I'm, I'm dead goddamn serious. If you need to talk about it, that's fine. But uh, I, I, there is absolutely no chance that Congo's going to win this. This is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. My work here is done. <laughs> so Rambo Seed 7 wins the tournament. Mark Madness movie matchup. Unintentional comedy. Movie comedies. Rambo First Blood. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. I would not have bet any money on Rambo pulling out of that tournament. Oh my god. That's great. That's fantastic. So we will have another we'll have another matchup next week. Totally different, different category. Different category, whole different category, and maybe we'll have a little less uh uh underhanded voting going on. Well, that's uh, what happens. Right. <laughs> right. 
So we move on to our last feature of the day. We have the Parker Posey play along. Uh, last week we had, I believe, Jeff's question, his return from India. And uh, Jeff, you had a, a landslide of replies. Is that is that what you'd say? Was that what you? Um, landslide. Landslide's one word. Um, <laughs> purple is another word. <laughs> the third one. Uh, you know, um, these are all words. I'm trying to get to the site right now so I can remember what I asked. And I'm right. The question. That. The question was Jeff. Uh, oh yeah, this is uh, a good question. Name an athlete about... sporting event that you'd like to see a movie about. Yeah. Um, yep, uh, Jarv gave us a great answer, as did um, KPW, and there were several other great answers, mostly given by the people on the show. But uh, <laughs> um, very no, in depth, I, I actually, for sure. Yeah, both questions were very thought out, or both answers. Yeah, no, both, yeah, no. I'm I'm a, I'm a huge huge advocate of these answers. Clearly, both very well thought out. Um, I'll read Jarv's not in its entirety, but it, the, the the general idea was uh, Mark Gator Rigowski, a uh, he was a skateboarder basically. Which and this is why we love having Jarv is because none of us would have come up with this, and it's a really good story about kind of an unknown skate skateboarder in today's scene but one of like the big uh like precursors to like the tony hawks and that sort of thing and uh very kind of an interesting thing i would watch that movie mm-hmm. yeah i got yeah. lost in his terminology i feel very old and all these different styles of, of skateboarding see skateboarding is for people that want to surf but can't that's what skateboarding is yeah intriguing right yeah, big time. Uh, right, so that will bring us to, uh, I guess we'd be rushing to the next Parker Posey play along, which will be James. James, go for it. All right, uh, mine is admittedly very wide open, and it is simply going to be, and this is inspired by some input from KPW, actually. Ooh. Um, if you had the opportunity to make a movie in whatever capacity, what kind of movie would you make? And be as wow. detailed or as little detail as you want. Born. <laughs> <laughs> so my answer is going to be a uh, a movie based on a series of books that I've read, and there aren't many of them, so it can't be too surprising when I say that it is off the uh, Dragonlance Chronicles. It's a very uh, Lord of the Rings style type of uh, of story, so and it does speak to the nerd in me for that, but. Uh, a lot of good characters in that set of stories, and it's another big saga-style story, kind of like Lord of the Rings. And that's something I always thought would make a really good movie series. And I know they've done like an animated movie, which I haven't seen I yet, was about but, to bring that up, and but, it's bad. Uh, is it bad? I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I, I would really like to see a Lord of the Rings-quality movie, and I think I would have to trust that to like only me or somebody else who, you know, truly loves those movies as far as like the cast and stuff i really didn't have a whole lot of people in mind for the you know starring but if you guys have ideas like that i'm feel free to express them you could i mean your answers could be as simple as i just want to make a sci-fi movie or i want to make a comedy with rick moranis or you know something like that however in depth you want to get feel free so if there's ever anything that you felt like you wanted to you know be a part of what would it be well i'll help you out because Orlando Bloom could totally play Tannis the half-elf in that movie, totally. See, I always pictured uh, more of the Aragorn role at being equated to Tannis, but... He's a half-elf, though. I know, I'm just talking about the, the role okay. he plays in the party. 
Jeff, what's <laughs> Jeff? Break up our nerdiness. What's what? Do you have an uh, answer to this? Shoo, shoo! Girls are coming. Girls are coming. <laughs> um, no, no, they're not. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, it's sort of bizarre. Like, I, I feel like the, the difficult thing about this question is that if if I had such a good idea, I I, I would have you know made up a screenplay of some sort or something. You know, I would have, but uh. My, the first thing that came into my head is Ghostbusters. I wish I had made Ghostbusters. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I still wish I had made Ghostbusters. I wish I had thought of it first. But uh, obviously I didn't. Um, which is a real shame still. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the idea of making um, making a movie that's incredibly character-driven. And I don't know... I, it's that's an incredibly vague thing to say, but I feel like the the best example I can give is the Royal Tenenbaums. How there's very little motion to the plot. It's more people acting on their character. Like it's more just a bunch of characters coming together in such a way sure. to create the plot themselves. And that that's the type of story that I really like. And it's always the sort of thing that I've always uh, really admired in writing. And if I could write something like that that wasn't based on the action or the plot, it's more based on the characters, I'd be very proud of myself for it. Cool. Perfect what I'm looking for. Yeah, because I'd struggle for something like, you know, maybe doing like some kind of Matrix sci-fi thing. But, uh, yeah, my my ideas always tended to go towards action, so very intriguing. That's tough. It's a very good question, and I have an answer. But, yeah, I, I could probably dwell on this for the rest of my life and have tons of different answers um you come up with something good enough let let me know the first (laughs) the first thing that came to mind was rambo but the next thing that came to mind let's see um congo no no this congo is usually second right (laughs) (laughs) nice uh yeah actually the first thing that came to mind for some reason and it might be because it's already there's already a remake of it coming out but um i would i sort of want to make a muppet movie I don't know why. I, I think a kid's movie would be cool just because, you know, it's one of those first things that sort of gets you hooked. Like, man, this isn't really – like, it's not plot-driven whatsoever. Character-driven, not really. It's just tied-up events with interesting call for, like, eye-grabbing puppets. In this situation, Muppets. But um, I think it's old fun. I think, yeah, it's just plain old fun, and just like, sort of like Jeff is saying with Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters wasn't funny because they were catching ghosts, it was funny because the people that were there putting it together were genuinely hilarious, and just pretty much said what they ever what they wanted to, and they cut it together well, and I think you could even do that better with Muppets, because you can just dub it over and over again any way you want, and uh, yeah, I... Uh, I uh, for some reason Muppet movie. I don't. I See, really here. Can't. I would have pegged you for some kind of like documentary of some sort. I don't know why. I it was the first thing that came to mind. I, like if I thought about it longer, I might have a different answer. It's just the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, I think it's, it'd be a, a lot of fun. Hard, very good question. I'm very interested to see what pops up on the boards for this. So please go to gungapit.com and uh, answer the Parker Posey play along. Right. Love God. Is it going to pop up on uh, Facebook this week, Jeff? Maybe. Maybe. No, you know I think I'm done with that. I think I'm done doing that. Uh, right. So, yeah, an excellent question, James, if you could frame it one uh, one more time. Sure. Um, if you were able to create a movie, what kind of movie would you make and be as detailed as you'd like? 
Awesome. So, yeah, like Jeff said, you can go to com and answer that. Also, the Facebook page, look for the movie hour. It'll be there. James and Jeff, again, uh, a late-night episode, but a great one. And, uh, yeah, I guess thank you for the input. Thanks for visiting the movie hour. Drive safe, people. Uh, a couple shout-outs. Or shout-outs. Shout-outs. Uh, Varys, happy birthday from the boards from us. Thank you for listening. Also, Yeah, I, I don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> Michelle and Dan apparently did a uh, fantastic other marathon. Uh, I don't think they PR'd, but I'm happy they're listening. And I, uh, finishing a marathon is pretty, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they're, they're marathon crazy, marathon crazy. So Way better than just getting a year old. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys all for listening. Right here, the Don Cheadle is too cool to use. Movie hours. Chris, whatever does fucking like kung fu with his wash that makes makes him think that he can fight like he's like I do remember that he's just <laughs> trying he's breaking it out yeah it's oh man like I don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well, I mean, Batman and Robin the first review on IMDB starts with I ask you god what have we done to deserve this <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna call the next three episodes? The same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, Mar- it's March Madness movie matchup month. Wow, there's another, there's another one! Oh my god! <laughs> it's as though the English language was formed just to please us. <laughs> I just banged a glass against my teeth when you went berserk. <laughs> Okay.